Well, good morning. I'm Karen. I'm Kelly. And I'm Joanne. And this is Coffee with the Sarlos. Today we have ergonomist Joanne Hurd back for a third show. If you haven't caught Joanne's first two shows, you really need to go back um, on the uh, list of podcasts and listen to her first two, especially um, the one about uh, being an ergonomist. Um, and if you have, then welcome to today's show. We've asked Joanne back because she's freaking funny. Um, she sees life in a different kind of way. And we think it's kind of cool to introduce you to people that see life a little bit differently. And she's sure shit does. <laughs> I think selfishly, we just want to spend more time with her. So now you all have to listen to her. <laughs> It is so good to be back. I was hoping you'd call me back again. I was waiting by the phone and thank God for part three. Good. So Joe, first thing I want to ask you last time on the show, I started to have fun and somebody cut out my fun and I don't remember if it was one of the two of you I can blame or <laughs> it was wow. probably me or if it was me. Um, but uh, you were talking about five degrees mm. and um, how through your career of being able to see how people function at work and at home in different environments, how you can help them with their posturing and um, uh, the way that they function at work, sitting, standing, bending, lifting, all of the different movements that we do, um, the difference in their health. And, and as, I'm, as I'm saying this to you, I want people to, to have a visual of this. I'm talking into a microphone, <laughs> sitting on this rinky-dink chair, with my feet not firmly planted on the ground. My back is hunched and I'm staring at the window. And you look tired. Because I don't have a third microphone. Stop <laughs> telling me I look tired. It's all about posture. Don't worry. So You're, you're more than five degrees off right now. Yeah. You know what? If yes. I was doing an assessment, Karen, it'd be a long assessment. I, I have no doubt. So five degrees off. We were talking about five degrees off um, in terms of what you do. And I think I went on a rampage at one point. Yeah, I love it when you do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was a good rampage. Yeah. Because um, then you started playing word game. Yeah. You started illustrating some really great points about different professions mm -hmm. and what five degrees means for a surgeon, what five degrees means for a mail carrier. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there were a lot of different um, examples of how five degrees can affect not just your body, but your life and those that you affect around you. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to mention, Joe, just before you started talking, because I know you want to do a part two of that kind of that series, um, is that we've had huge feedback from a lot of people who have said um, that they can't stop thinking about five degrees, which oh, wow. I think was amazing actually to both of you because you started playing the game, mom. Uh, and then Joe, Joe started having fun with, with her job, as you always do. But um, in particular, I'm thinking about one person who said... Um, when she teaches, what's five degrees where she can extend herself um, to explain, to be patient, um, or to listen, and what five degrees of kindness can do if she can extend herself even further. Mm -hmm. And I know, um, I know there's been a lot of comments like that, so I just wanted to share that with you. I want to know the name of that teacher. <laughs> and yeah, that's Miss Erin Young. Oh, I from, yeah, from oh, Canine Academy. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You, you, wow. and, and Canine Academy, so she's talking about helping people with their dogs. Yeah, but she had also, yes, but she had also mentioned what it's doing for her in her personal life. So it's, uh -huh. and like we said in the podcast, it's not just about how, what you do in your job, but how that extends to your personal life. Yeah. Um, how you live, how you love. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And five degrees, you know, I think the, the old saying was six degrees of separation, right? When we meet people mm-hmm. and, and then we're connected. And so that's, that's kind of something that we've always been able to carry in our minds. But five degrees of, you know, talk about five degrees of this part of your life. Like, you know, I take it in my job because I, I, I do just measurements um, and I don't even actually use a... Um, a goniometer. I just use my mind, but oh, you know, what? did she <laughs> say goniometer? <laughs> Sorry, I just what love the? to throw that in. Goniometer. Can you spell it? Okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I'm going to challenge you at the beginning of our show right now, and I'm going to count it on my fingers how many words you can throw at me. You know she makes words up. Though. I know she does. Yeah. So we're going to have to ca- we're going to have to catch Joe, and maybe here's the game for this show. Is it a really a word? <laughs> or did Joe make it up? Oh my God. Everyone now is her. Googling. I could tell. Put your phones down. And all the ergonomists are like, I'm going to win this one. Yeah, goniometer. Got one. <laughs> I whipped them all out. What the hell is a goniometer? It's just a measurement of angles. It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's like a 90 degrees. If you know geometry, you love geometry, yes. Karen. So it's, it's just a measurement of, you know, 90 degrees. It's, it's a, it's it's a circle so it's a joint movement so usually we, we would measure how much um ang- how much of an angle you have in your elbow say you hurt your elbow and you can only move it 90 degrees then you get it up to 60 that's a goniometer so it measures degrees so it moves with us yeah okay yeah it's just it's just like of. a ruler it's, like, it's almost like a double ruler with a yeah. with a joint and then so okay. you, you know in geometrics yeah. or geometry that this is 90 degree angle so everything in the middle is the amount of movement that you can get and measure? Oh, I think right away of uh, people with um, uh, osteoarthritis, and immediately my head goes to um, their how their or MS or people with fibromyalgia uh, injuries, mm-hmm. where uh, I'll say either by genetics uh, or by injury or by job, mm-hmm. uh, by posturing how your degrees can be taken away. So somebody might think, is is she referring to the hump in my back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or grandpa's oh, home yeah and and i think like like of that of the curvature of the spine when you talk about that mm. um either whether it's at the base mid back or in the neck area and i think oh my god the chiropractors must love this conversation mm. it's like movement of a joint that's what you measure okay so now we can talk about these slip discs and all these things oh you just opened a whole cat <laughs> a can of worms all i said was <laughs> goniometer i love it <laughs> And it really is a word. Does this one it really is. a word? It, yeah, I would never lie to you. Okay. Yes, you would. Not today. No, not today. No, oh, not today. <laughs> She's on oath. I'm on the oath. oath I signed that waiver when I came in. Remember? Okay. Yeah. So, and you know, what's really nice, is, you know, in, in what Kelly had said, and she, you had mentioned it once the podcast went, went live. Um, and I really love that the five degrees is, is staying and people are taking it and helping them even just in their personal lives, like you said, if I do five degrees more of kindness, because people always say be kind. And, and mm-hmm. to me, when, when we can be kinder, that's the extra five degrees, right, that we can do mm-hmm. out there. Or, you know, if I'm changing my diet or my health, healthy choices by five degrees, I don't have to do 25, which is really hard. So if I only have one piece of chocolate instead of five, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing five degrees. So you can even implement it in small ways, but in the end, it makes a big difference. Um, cumulatively, probably. Um, yeah. And if we, if we tend to stand taller, walk stronger, keep your head up five degrees, you know, it makes a whole difference in your energy. Okay. Can I ask you a question when you say stand taller? 
Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the the um, how we're actually supposed to stand and walk and or just stand? and walk? Can you t- can you actually talk about it? Because I know from doing yoga with Amanda mm-hmm. Cooley mm-hmm. that um, who is a real stickler of a teacher. Thank God, mm-hmm. because she really understands five degrees mm-hmm. um, because she wants you to move slightly into those five degrees. Mm-hmm. But how important it is when you're standing and where you're putting pressure on your feet, if you're bending your knees, what kind of a tilt your pelvis should have. Mm-hmm. Is it different for a male or a female? So I just asked you a, sh- a, a pile of questions. Can, can, and Kelly's got her head Kelly, down. Kelly, can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh my God, there's mom's rampage again. No, yeah. no, I, this is actually one of my favorite things. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I love, I love the body. Okay. So Joe, can you talk about standing? Yeah. I, and I, I and luckily... then after that, I'm going to ask you to talk about pooing. I'm going to ask you to take a breath. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's just go with standing for now. Okay. <laughs> okay. But... Um, and I too, I, I learned in, in standing and posturing gait. Um, and I used to play games with people who, who had to, you know, spend an office space with me, share space with me. And I would say, Hey, what do you think of that person? Look at how they're walking. Look how they're standing. Um, and, and people who slouch, um, and also, and I don't write this down. It's not a, a, you know, this is a non-controlled study, but when people stand with their head down, shoulders slouched, kind of leaning forward, it, it, to me, I, I, in my little world, I see, I don't see very, I don't see confidence. I don't see power. I don't see strength. I see, you know, either sad or underconfident or, or maybe just tired. It could be just tired or, you know, um, so I've always looked at the body that way. And then like you said, Karen, uh, when I started diving into learning yoga and applying all the body mechanics and biomechanics and anatomy that I've learned that even took it to another level where you're, you're, you're moving your scapula down rather than just, you know, keeping your shoulder blades rolled, you bring it, you bring your shoulder blades down to the floor, which opens up your chest, which opens up everything and keeps your head just by pulling your shoulders back, your neck goes back and everything goes straight. And that's, that's where the stability is in the body and keeping your, your spine in its, in its natural curve, the old pelvic tilt. Remember that? Do you guys remember that? They used to teach pelvic tilt wrong. You know, you're not supposed to take away the lordosis the word, um, the curve in your lower spine. Is that too? true? <laughs> I vote true. It's true. <laughs> you can look it up Google now. Um, so we were taught, even when I was working in physiotherapy, the old way of training was a pelvic tilt, but now it's, it's, it's known the biomechanics of keeping the, you know, the, the curve in your lower back. Um, everybody should have a curve there and that's the stability and strength of your spine. So when you're standing, I know you want to get in there. Um, you actually have a little bit of a, your bum and your and your your pelvis should be actually rotating to the back a bit. Normally, you shouldn't be pushing it; it should be natural. So you're and and you're standing with your feet shoulder width apart, a little bit of bend in the knee, and that's power. So I'm going to ask you specifically about this because I um, some women will purposely I'll say women in particular um, purposely stand with the pelvis uh, tucked in because mm-hmm. they want to suck their gut in. Yeah. So when they pull the stomach in, um, the pelvis at the bottom tilts upwards Mm -hmm. and causing the opposite rotation of the, of the spine, making where it was supposed to turn out and you have a little bit more of a bum, um, but that your belly then is forced to kind of go into a more rounded. Yeah. And that's just not natural. 
there's no strength and integrity there. Well, if I'm if I've been listening to Amanda for so many years properly, like she's talking about um, standing with the shoulder blades like almost pinching mm-hmm. toward each other and then rotate or um, moving down toward the floor, and then slightly tucking the tailbone under. It's not it's not a force mm-hmm. and it's not it's not focused to pull the stomach in, but it's just a slight tuck of the tailbone. And then being conscious to pull the lower rib cage in because a lot of people, when they push their shoulders out, they push the lower rib cage out as well. Okay. Yeah. And then that's, it's a focus to, to bring that into the body. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's really hard sometimes for people even to fathom and think about all these pieces because I think because we all love the body and how it moves, we can visualize it and see it and try and move and, and rotate the joints. But yeah. And I think that for, for anybody who's starting you know, just tucking in your stomach, um, you know, working the core is definitely strength. Um, and there's new ways of doing that now. And it, you have, yeah, and you have that, you know, the posterior tilt of, of the pelvis naturally in your back. So that's where you get your power. So as in Kelly was saying, it's not an anterior movement, but a posterior. And maybe that's where the, uh, the tailbone, to me, the tailbone is still posteriorly rotating, but you're still getting the the strength of the pelvis with the back, with the shoulders, with the feet, with the knees, everything. So yeah, it, gait can be, and, and just standing. If people just learn to stand and with their shoulder blades up straight and pull their, their scapula or their shoulder blades down and tuck in your stomach, if you just start doing that, it pulls everything back, pulls your neck. So you don't end up with neck problems and shoulder problems. And because as we get older, we tend to go in that forward um, flexion, bending forward, I call it monkey posture, um, because we sit mm-hmm. too much. And, and so the thing is when you stand up, do the opposite, use all your extensor muscles in your back and your spine. When you go to the gym, as I know everyone does, um, you know, we shouldn't be working our pecs. We shouldn't be working biceps. We should be working on our, our spine, spinal rhomboids, you know, erector spinae. There's another great word. It's just all the muscles along your spine and your postural muscles. That's, that's the stuff we should work on at, you know, at this stage. Cause that's what keeps us, that's what we need to keep strong and stable. I like that. I went to the gym and then my trainer said, what's your goal? And I said, sustainability. But he doesn't get that very often. No, he got excited. Yeah. He Did he? he? Really, really excited and was like, that's yeah. an amazing goal. Yeah. Because nobody, uh, you, you guys are probably the first to ever ask for something like that, which is awesome. And the purpose of sustainability for me is I'm 54 mm-hmm. and I, uh, and, yeah, and looking great, by every, the way. Well, thanks, Joe. I mean, she, everybody knows I'm 54. If you guys could see her on this every, podcast. Every podcast, she has to somehow <laughs> slip in her age. That's her game. <laughs> She's 54 and she looks 34. But I think about it being 54, if I want to live or if, if that's in my cards to live many more years, mm-hmm. how will I do this at, as, at the best and most optimal health mm-hmm. in how I eat, sleep, drink, um, function with work, playtime, exercise in all aspects of my life, thinking mm-hmm. all aspects, everything. So when I went to the gym for that, you know, going back first time coming off of an injury and he said to me, what's the goal? I'm thinking about how many times, and maybe somebody can relate to this, how many times I've gone to work out and do a sport or ride my bike or go for walks or, or whatever, go to the gym and I sustain an injury and then I have time off and then you get, you're trying to get back into a routine again. Mm-hmm. And this time I thought, no, the goal, 
The goal is sustainability. And not sustaining an injury. Yes. And it can't be to go in and lift weights or to go and be a certain weight or to look a certain way or to, uh, to achieve, you know, tennis or, you know, whatever it is, golf, whatever people are doing and stuff like that. But how do I manage it and sustain it instead of having injury? Mm-hmm. So to me, it was about, okay, this is about sustainability. Mm-hmm. And if I can get my body functioning at its its most optimal, how do I maintain that as best I can? Yeah, perfect. And you have to do five degrees for sustainability, you know, going back on the five degrees, because I like that. Um, you have to do agility, you have to do proprioception, you have to do stretching, you have to do strengthening um, that's sustainability. That's, that's functional ability. When I do my workouts, I just don't do, I do, I mix everything, balance everything, because if you don't, you, you won't function as well, whatever you're doing. Like people used to do it for sport, but really getting up in the morning is a sport some days, right? <laughs> so that. to me, I have a whole new sustainability cause I, you know, I'm slothing. That's my new sport now, but getting and walking, getting in my truck, you know, to me, I'm working out just for that. And that's like you said. Okay, next question. <laughs> Wait, I'd like to point out that you made up, you made up slothing. And I, and I accept <laughs> oh, that, it. I right. accept it as a word. <laughs> Thank you. How many words is that now? Yay. Four. Four. Okay, slothing is, I did make that up. Okay, you brought up slothing. So <laughs> now that you did, you give us five degrees on slothing because I imagine lots of North Americans can identify with slothing mm-hmm. on a couch. Or I can potato. do it in a positive spin. Okay, so you talk to us about how to properly watch TV or how to, and how to put your body in right positions. Do you move? Do you stay in one? Do you get up and move on commercials? What do you do? Sloth. When I say, <laughs> when I say sorry, when I, when I think of five degrees, I've had to learn how to sloth. I had to learn how to rest. Don't move. Don't fidget. Don't, you know what, when you're lying in, in, uh, you know, if you guys know me, I don't look at everybody's movements and postures. And every time I walk in a room, people sit up straight, stand up straight. That's not really even what I look at. But, but slothing to me is I was so um, physical at some point and then I had to rest. Then I, then I had to learn the five degrees of slothing, how to stay still, how to just lie there and not say, I have to, I should, I would, I could, I didn't should myself. I learned not, you know, I should do this. I should drive. I should walk. I should work out. Just be. And to me, that's slothing. And that's the, that's been my biggest five degrees of learning in the last, uh, in the last bit. Cause I've, I've done, luckily I've been able to do all kinds of sports as you know, and I used to do this and I used to do that. And I had my time and I had 15 years of this and 25 years of that. I never had a lot of time of rest and sloth. And that was my new discovery and five degrees of that has taught me tons and I now I, I love it and I and I say it positively whereas I think as you were going to Karen when people yeah we are couch potatoes there's too much of that and and I think there's two extremes right um, I was probably the other extreme of movement and then now I found my sloth you know and whether it's Netflix binging reading it's it's just learning to do that um, but yeah I think um, if I can you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mom. but uh, you're more talking about the people who are go, go, go and need to mm-hmm. learn how to sloth yeah. as opposed to the couch potatoes who don't move on a, right. on a regular basis. Okay. And I've heard you talk in a different way about those people um, 
just kind of giving them tools on how to implement movement throughout their day. So you you referred to yourself as a caged bird or a caged tiger or <laughs> well something. Well done, I'm only Yeah, when you were working in um, an office. That's right. And so you would tell us that you had your yoga mat in your office and that you would find like bursts of activity mm-hmm. to do um, so that your whole day didn't feel like slothing. Oh, right? yes. Okay. So, so kind of two different intentions there yeah, I think yeah okay yeah I was I'm thinking like of people who have to go sit in a truck go to work um all the different occupations where you have to stay stationary and and I and I say stationary Joe because I don't want to pick on people that just have to sit stationary I go into Walmart and I see a lot of people that have to stand stationary um at, like at mm-hmm. or uh, bank tellers I can think yeah. of lots of different careers where they have to they're not allowed to move within this tiny little area and I think afterwards when they're doing their slothing which which you know they need their restful time um I want to talk about healthy creative slothing Mm -hmm. healthy yeah like what kind of a position do you get in if I'm sitting laying on my couch are you going to say get out a yoga mat put a bolster under your knees and do shavasana while you watch TV, that would, to me, would be good, healthy slothing, which okay. which Kelly can tell you that I do when mm-hmm. we watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I can put my mat down and get Move in around. right positions. But if I'm sitting in the chaise lounge chair, is my five degrees doing more harm than good? Because I think some people are sitting so much they don't that, move. that they go from work sitting or work stationary, I'll call it, mm-hmm. to home stationary. Yes, that's yeah. And that's the danger. Like the vehicle driving the kids to the rink and then getting to the rink and sitting at the rink. Mm-hmm. So some people might think, oh, shit, that is me because they think they're very busy people, yeah. but they're actually not very high energy people. So they are going, they are doing things, mm-hmm. but their body ends up in familiar positions. I, and I think that's what would, Amanda would refer to as your limited range of motion. Yeah. Right? Because if you're talking about going from one area of being seated to another, so a desk to a car to a rink, then the your same. range of motion is is um, squashed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, very good. Uh, and y- what you guys are describing, it's pretty much a lot of, what we do now a lot of the population is is we go from sitting to sitting to sitting um and we think you're right we're going places but the body is still in the same position 90 degrees sitting and there's no circulation where um you know and 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 i've probably said this before but you know i refer to it as sitting as the new smoking and we've heard it it's it's now there's there's quantitative data there's research um, the UK has come up with a guideline uh, finally to say we need to start moving and, and, and gradually. So people who are in office spaces at work or cashiers or, um, you know, even people doing ultrasound at, at a hospital, they're sitting and they're reaching over bodies and, and they have so many injuries just from that. And I get to see and, and look at that and try and say, how do we get that doing? So what, what I try and do is as is changing and making that positive is have them get up, move. Uh, don't sit if you don't have to. You can watch a game and stand. You can watch uh, an episode of, of Grey's Anatomy, but get up and, and do a yoga stretch or, or stand and watch it for a bit till the commercial. When the commercial comes on, stand up. Because we, if when we're sitting, we don't get any movement. Um, blood flow, nothing. One of the things that I loved, um, I think we were out at lunch, with Denise or something and um, 
you had said every time your phone rings, get up, stand yeah. up to answer it. <laughs> yeah. She's in an office all day and she was complaining about her sitting as a new smoking because yeah. she commutes to work as well. And uh, she goes, now every time the phone rings, oh. my ass gets out of the chair <laughs> and I'm standing up to say hello. Yay. Oh, that's awesome. And that's, that's, that's what I try and just teach because people think when they get in a job, they sit and they forget hours go by and they haven't gotten up. And I said, and I'll move their phones at the end of the room and I'll, and I'll put their, their, printer at the other end of the hall because I said just get up and get it and by doing that you're causing movement blood flow pumping when the muscles move it pumps blood it pumps lactic acid out of your muscles it moves things around because we sit and we pool everything pools your brain doesn't get uh, nutrition that's why you know by one o'clock if you're sitting in an office you can't think can I ask you a question about Epsom salt baths? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Okay, if you can answer it, great. If you can't, that's fine. Because um, I was talking to one of my massage therapists, and she was saying that she doesn't really get them mm-hmm. because the amount of salt that you would need in the bath to actually pull out the lactic acid is mm-hmm. like astronomical. Yeah. So you're never actually it's it's never actually doing what it needs to do because we pour in like half a cup to a cup. Yeah. And, and I actually never heard of it. That's interesting because I've never heard about the lactic acid angle, which is interesting. You're right. There's tons. And, and what we need is the body to to just. OK. You know, and, and I'm asking because I think some people think, oh, I'll just have an Epsom salt bath. No, because that's I, I want to call it a fad because they're selling it in bags at Walmart. Right. Yeah. Um, but you're saying that pumping the blood is what pulls out the lactic mm-hmm. acid. So it, it's really the movement that needs to happen. Yeah. The body the gets rid of the byproducts by movement, right? Through circulation. So if I'm working out and my muscles are sore and mm-hmm. someone and my lactic acid is high mm-hmm. is the best thing then to go for a walk or yep. to put my legs up the wall. No, go for a nice walk. Cool down. Okay. That's what cool downs are for. Okay. Because after an intense, you only get lactic acid with an intense, um, spurt usually. Uh, and then just dissipate it by walking, warm down a stretch. Um, Epsom salts baths um, are good for just relaxation and, and muscle. It's good for the muscles just to relax them. Uh, the magnesium does some something uh, for that. So there is some benefit to it, but in the lactic acid, the body has to ex- expend it in its circulation because that's how the macrophages and everything eat it up. That's you got to move it. Thank you. Yeah, macrophage. So when you're at the so when you're at the gym or you're working out, you're at home doing whatever, and you're doing your workout, is it actually beneficial for the body then for you to stop in the middle of your workout and stretch? Sure. Oh my god, mini stretches I call them. Okay, so have you seen me work out? No, but you know we could follow you. <laughs> you sloth. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's my new sport. Yeah, we're first-hand witnesses to the slothing. Joe, Joe, do you ever get up? Joe, you're getting a little frumpy. All right, I'm gonna start to move. Yeah. You no, know, actually, if you're doing any, even even a walking or lifting your groceries, um, and you're tired, if you're painting a wall, you know, I always think of functionality too. At home, we do a lot of stuff at home. Vacuuming. You know, a little stretch after is is good. You know, especially if you're back. Um, that usually takes most of the load. Um, for for vacuuming and yeah but a little stretch in between of your weights Karen yeah very good okay so I came home the other day from the gym and I said to uh, Kelly I have to ask Kyle Kyle's my trainer I said I have to ask Kyle um, why he makes me get down on the ground (laughs) 
in the middle of my workout to stretch. And I said to Kelly, it's driving me crazy. So <laughs> she likes to push. She just likes to keep oh, going. You right? like to go, go, oh, go. That's why she's sustaining so many freaking injuries. <laughs> well, so sustainable you, injuries. So we're thanking yeah. Kyle today. We're, yeah, uh, thank we're thanking Kyle. We're thanking Joe and Amanda <laughs> for keeping Karen functioning. <laughs> sustainable functionality but i think it's this where she'll thank me later yeah, okay and i thank much. kelly too so i'm trying to point out some some really huge errors i've made no in 54 years Stop. 54 wait till she hits 55 we'll hear about it uh, i'm sure you will um so but it's good because people can hear then that going to the doing their workout doing in the middle of cross-country skiing it's stretch. okay it's okay to stop enjoy nature and Take do a your breath. stretch yeah look at the trees slothing i love it you got to incorporate you because i think we we just get in and i used to be one of those you just get on your bike or you get on your snowshoes and you just go because you want to get a workout but you know what stopping stretching looking at the trees taking a breath it's just as beneficial it's probably better and you, you're going to burn the same but we're going to be more relaxed and probably better for it, especially as we get older. We need to stretch more in between. Okay. Uh, especially so, when we hit 54. <laughs> I just, oh, my nose went up in the air. Oh, I feel my nose rising. <laughs> Pinocchio? No. Oh, no. She does, she does like a Sarlo sniff when oh, she's, when she's oh, yeah. been like wrong about something. Oh. So she's kind of... <laughs> learned behavior from my sister-in-law, Sue. Nice. <laughs> I love it. So uh, does that make sense then? The slothing. Did I answer your question? You did. Kind of? You did. You know what, Joe? As we're talking about all of this, I think um, as I've started to learn to love yoga more and do more of it every day, when I'm doing long distance treatments um, by mm-hmm. by um, telephone, I put people on, people on speakerphone in my treatment room, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and then um, unknowns to them, but today it's out of the bag, <laughs> um, I do yoga. You should. <laughs> so I do my planking and I do my stretching. Yay. I lay on my my treatment table and do it, and I get on the floor and do it, <sighs> and sometimes I put my feet up the wall so that the blood has to rush into the heart and mm-hmm. back up into my feet. Perfect. And I try to think of different. You're like me in an office, wild animal in oh, the cage. Oh, I'm the wild animal in the cage mm-hmm. in the treatment room. I and I I tried to think. Well, just a couple of days ago, I said to Kelly, um, "Let's have some fun with squats." And when, whenever we see each other, they don't belong in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. What? Fun and squats. Yeah, it's oh. it's an oxymoron. <laughs> I said whenever we see each other, once during the day, we get to challenge the other person to ten squats. No, awesome. Just for fun in yeah. random places. Now you know maybe when people hear this and they see us out in the grocery store in the mall, they're going to walk up to us and say ten Squat. squats. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I welcome that. Yeah. yeah. You guys will do it. Totally. Yeah. But see, even, you know, there's so many teleconferences going on and that brought up another issue. Being on the phone, we, cause now because of technology, which is beautiful, we don't have, hopefully have to sit in our cars. So yeah, get a speaker phone. And if you're on a teleconference, stand up, stretch, put it on mute. Uh, you can still listen. And actually the brain works better in absorbing information if we're doodling, moving, um, rather than just sitting static. That, that makes me really sad to hear that when I think about all the students who are in school and who yeah. are expected to sit still in uh, in their desks yeah. and not doodle. Like how many times have we heard a teacher say pens down 
um, and then reiterate it. Right. And uh, there's, and it's not just for the quote unquote creative person who is good at doodling. I sucked at it, but I still needed a pen in my hand and I needed to doodle. And it's healthy. Mm -hmm. It's it's healthy. And you're right. Especially kids. Um, I kind of want to shift gears and you can, you can expand if you'd rather not. Um, but I wanted to talk about slothing in terms of sleep. Because you've been a big advocate for that for at least the past year, and you've taught me a lot about it. Do you mm. mind going there today? Sure. I love to talk about sleep. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I think it's it's so underrated. Um, and the more I talk about it, and the more it's starting to just appear everywhere in everything I do, which is a really good thing. Is that that energy and just bring it and it comes in. So as Kelly, you know, Kelly knows I'm the best sleeper and I love to sleep and uh, I get my nine to 10 hours of sleep a night. And if I don't, uh, I feel it. And, and, you know, studies show that an adult, human adult right now needs nine to 10 hours of sleep and that's REM deep sleep. So I'm going to interject mm-hmm. and be the devil's advocate for the people who are listening saying, Oh, I, I get five hours and I'm fine. I can still function. I still run a company or I'm good with six hours. Yeah. So what would your response be to those people? Yeah, you probably are getting only five hours of sleep, but how are you sleeping? Are you know, how are you feeling? Uh, and a lot of them are cranky. A lot of them are tired because I do question them. I said, so how are you feeling? And, uh, they're not happy. And, you know, and they don't get a deep sleep and, and they, they're insomniacs pretty much. They're, they talk about that and they're not really good at it. And so I do get them truthfully telling me it's not good. It's not working, but it's cool. Apparently it's cool to, to, to not stay awake and, you know, just carpe diem as, as, as people are thinking, just, you know, stay awake. But really the human body has not changed in 3000 years, but um, technology has changed us. It has tried. People are staring at light bulbs. And when I say light bulbs, any kind of screen, whether it's your phone, your iPad, your mini pad, your maxi pad, whatever it is, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, TVs, your, that's, what's keeping the brain awake, uh, because the light, it's called a blue light coming into your eyeballs triggers your brain waves. Uh, it doesn't give you sleepy brain waves. It gives you the stay awake, uh, stimulus brainwaves, which is really, really, um, ruining our, our sleep patterns. So if you're not winding down before bed, just like kids take a book, imagine, get a book, talk to people, turn off the TV, uh, and wind down every night and be on a a certain routine because we need routines. You're not going to get that sleep and sleep to me, as we all know, physiologically, that's the only time our tissue heals. Brain tissue, muscle tissue, heart tissue, hair tissue, whatever you want. Um, that's when we heal. So if we're not, so I know meeting people who've had injuries and back injuries, athletic injuries, or they keep aching and they never, and they're not sleeping um, because they're not healing. We need we need to go in deep REM sleep to actually generate regenerate tissue. Um, and people don't know that. That's how the body works, and the body hasn't changed since caveman days. Uh, we're still primal. We still need to sleep. If you, they say if you camp for a week in the summertime, people come from the cities and if they sleep in a tent, go camping, which is why I think camping, well, that's probably not the reason, but most people, a lot more people are camping, but you get on the natural circadian rhythm when the, you know, when it gets dark, you get kind of tired and you have a campfire, but everyone's in bed by 10, you know, and then we're up at six with the birds within a week of just doing that. A person can reset their circadian rhythm to a healthy, um, calibration. Isn't that sound simple, mm-hmm. but we're not doing that. We live in cities with lights 
screens um and this is what's keeping us up and it's it's hurting there's more vi- there's more violence there's more accidents there's more illness um there's lots of meds overcoming it so yeah sleep mm-hmm. uh it's very very important and i know even in the work world it's becoming a hot topic because um fatigue management is what they're calling it um shift workers people driving on highways after shifts it's like they're drunk because the brain has not slept um, and that's how the body, you're cognitively not able to do um, tasks that take concentration. Well, it seems to be totally, um, I'll say, allowable in people's minds now mm-hmm. to be completely exhausted and to get into a vehicle and on a highway. Yeah. Or into a vehicle with kids or with your the person you're supposed to love the most in the mm-hmm. world. And be able to think that it's completely fine being exhausted and to function at that level now. Yeah. Um, and that it's okay to operate a vehicle Yeah. at yeah. high speeds while you're doing it. Which is insane. And being on your, your cell phone. You know, that's <laughs> another thing. But it is. And I think we just get so um, immune, not immune, but we just get so flat, I guess, to that. People don't realize it. And it's awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Go to bed. Like, you know, if you're three years old and you don't get your naps, how are you? Well, adults are the same. You know, we're just as cranky. Karen, you're falling asleep. Oh, I was yawning. <laughs> it's almost bedtime. Um, but, you know, and, and it's 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 true. It's like, uh, to me, sleep and, and uh, it's, yeah, if you don't have that, you're not going to function. Five degrees less of sleep. Cranky. Oh, I like that. That's me. But I'm I'm so good at always coveting that because I've always known it's been good for me and I know I've healed I've healed better I think if I didn't do that I probably wouldn't be the same well now we could make a list of how five degrees of not sleeping as car accidents yeah as uh, marital fights uh-huh. as smacking the kids because you're yeah. overtired you're short as, you have no patience as arguing with co-workers as lying mm-hmm. because you have to cover something up because you're not on your game spending oh it's another high right yeah walmart loves it yeah 24 hours right who opens up a store who's not sleeping Mm -hmm. right why why do places have to be open 24 hours shopping places well, I know that most people will say, well, there's lots more shift workers now mm-hmm. and that they that they uh, they need to be up in the middle of the night because of their work schedule. Yeah. Unfortunately, the economy in the global world is, is about the dollar. And yes, there is still lots of shift work. Mm-hmm. But do the shift workers actually have to shop at that time of the day mm-hmm. is the question. Mm-hmm. It's a weird world. It's And I know we can't fight that, but a little bit of well, sleep. Well, and you said like five degrees of not getting enough sleep means that your cells aren't healing properly. No. And that your hair tissue isn't. So if somebody's complaining that their hair is not growing or um, if somebody's complaining about... Sore back. Sore back. Just plain old any kind of body pain, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know too many people that aren't complaining about some kind of body pain, mm-hmm. including kids now, oh, including yeah. children. Because they're not sleeping. And, and that there's a topic unto itself of children not getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And and, a lot and of them have computers in their rooms. They have phones. Uh, they have, um, what do you call it? Practice 
They have practices oh, late yeah. at night. Yeah. They have practices at five in the morning. Yeah. So some of it is driven by that they're supposed to be involved in mm-hmm. events busy. of some sort to keep yeah. them busy. Yeah. Instead of being able to value that sleep has to have so many hours mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be to, to be a healthy part of the day. Yeah. Downtime. It's so lost, it seems. Well, when you talk about, Kelly, you brought up sleep. Were you thinking of other things when you brought it up? I was thinking of going to sleep. <laughs> I think we no, just woke no, her up. Um, I've, uh, Joe's come in and spoken to um, our teen workshop about sleep. So I've just, uh, there's a lot of things that she's talked about in her personal life and things that she's been able to educate me about. And I just figured it was something that um, if people aren't willing to read studies or educate themselves and they're tuning in, then maybe it's just an opportunity for them to learn. One other thing, the reason I asked was because one of the really big things that comes to me, to me personally about sleep is dreams. Hmm. And the fact that in, and this is just a huge topic for, for us, we could go on to another show, but, uh, and I won't go into it too much, but the, the amount of uh, messages that come for people uh, while they're sleeping, Mm -hmm. whether it's just something that they're working through their stress whether they're problem solving, whether they're, and some people might say, well, I don't even dream. doesn't matter. Um, well, you can train yourself to remember your dreams. Um, uh, that, that, that is possible to do, mm-hmm. but all of the beautiful things that dreams do for us as well. Um, and I, I think for a lot of people, the creativity that comes from dreaming, mm-hmm. um, the ideas that come, um, or the closure that comes if you're when you're dreaming of different, um, I'll say situations in life, uh, a way to and the other thing too, Joe, I wanted to kind of talk about with the sleeping is anxiety, and and depression, and how yeah. it's very can be very tied into, uh, I'll say spinning the wheel of anxiety and depression because you can't sleep or you don't give yourself the time. Mm-hmm. I remember being a little kid and my mom saying to me one night it was a hot summer night and no air conditioning mm-hmm. and she said I said I can't sleep and she said well that's okay and I said well you know because I was tossing and turning and trying so hard to sleep yeah that was my goal you know I gotta get this <laughs> done and she said Karen Ann you don't have to sleep you can just lay in bed and rest your body needs rest mm-hmm. even if you can't sleep sweetheart it's still important to just rest. Nice lesson. Yeah. And it's something that I've thought about quite often my whole life as I've gone through different situations where if I am stressed and it's affecting my sleep or if I'm dreamwalking and I'm just, it's not restful sleep, that I can still remember to lay there and try to be as peaceful as possible, that I don't have to focus so hard on trying to get to sleep and mm-hmm. knock myself out, yeah. but that it's okay for my body to be in a restful place, restful poses or positions, yeah. to allow the muscles, to allow the lungs and the heart and my brain. You know, some people might say, well, I can't sleep because I can't shut my brain off. Well, okay. That's, that's okay. I'm not going to solve all everyone's problems all in one podcast, but is it still okay for your body to rest if your mind can't? So can you put your body in different positions? And this is one of the things that's awesome about yoga Mm -hmm. is that you just get to learn different restful positions that restore the body, even if you can't achieve sleep. Yeah, very, very true. And with the anxiety aspect, you're talking with sleep, um, yeah, hormones are regulated by sleep. 
So uh, your depression, your serotonin, your all the different hormones of your brain, it's not it's not regulating if we're not sleeping. And do you know how many times we dream a night? How many sets of dreams? Do you mean Kelly and I personally? <laughs> you might not want to <laughs> no. ask us that. No, no. Um, the average Joe. Uh, how many dreams the average Joe? How many REM sleep cycles? That how's Three? that? I'll say seven. Four. Oh, close. Okay. It's really sad because I studied sleep. <laughs> and you, I did not. Course. Were you sleeping? Um, <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And and it, this is this is from scientific research. But the, the average Joe actually goes into four different REM cycles throughout their sleep. If you're sleeping nine to ten hours a night, and that's with anxiety, depression, like all that kind of stuff, because we know mental health is is taxed um and somehow the non-sleeping is part of that factor because you're not getting the melatonin releasing to go to sleep like the body if you can tune it properly if it's well calibrated and you get your nine to ten hours you're going to get all your hormones will be regulated to produce everything without your your hormone regulation the body is 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 out of control it's out of you know 50 degrees off um over time and that's what you're seeing people are depressed they're sad they're stressed um and if they just can sleep you know but nobody thinks of that i want to add in because you said they're sad and they're stressed and i want to add in the word confused because i think from what i've seen in in our practices is so many people who uh their go-to answer is i don't know to anything, whatever the question is. They don't know how to make a decision. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to think for themselves. They don't know what action to take next. And so uh, there's just a high level of confusion. And I think that is really, really easily tied back to sleep. Because when you're talking about the hormones and, and in the brain, knowing how to function yeah. and how to put patterns together and fire and wire properly, um, if you can identify with feeling confused a lot, then maybe... Maybe you need yeah. to think about your sleep patterns. Yeah, because if you're so tired, you don't, there's no clarity, right? You, we know it. And, and the more you uh, can do that, and that's so, it's so evident. You guys probably see a lot of that in your practice. And, and I'm not saying sleep is the, the silver bullet. It is definitely one very important factor that I think society, especially North America, has um, really forgotten to, about uh, because of, I don't know that world it's, that's been created, which is insane. I see kids with bags under their eyes and they're 10, you know, they're and like you said, they're doing sports and then, you know, there's hockey, there's a whole other culture, um, that doesn't take into the fact of health and balance and sleep. Um, and they're running from city to city to play sports with young kids. Um, in my day in the old sixties, uh, we just played outside on the street. Uh, we played hockey on the street. That might be making you close to 54. <laughs> There's your number. I am I am as old, almost as old as Karen. Yes. Yeah, I think you might be close. <laughs> Very. I, I just, you It's know, not about the age, Karen. No. I, I definitely grew up with a dad who napped. And yeah. I grew up with um, uh, a mom who had nine kids. Mm-hmm. So she should have napped. Well, well, she made sure we did yeah. so that she could watch the edge of night. <laughs> so 
And what's, what's the edge of night? <laughs> Kelly's going, what the hell is this? But but I'll say lots of people are tuning into this knowing what the edge of night was all about. What's the edge of night? It was a soap opera on at three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. And so and that's sleep time. That was our nap time. So mom could watch her soap awesome. opera. She but really sli- She really slept. Well, she didn't sleep, but she sure made sure that her children did. Mm. She had her break. Mm-hmm. And and I'll say, if you have nine kids, everyone's listening to this going, she bloody well deserved the break. <laughs> Give, and and don't, be, don't be bashing her mother. That's right. <laughs> so we're not. Um, but I'm just saying I grew, I grew up definitely in a family environment that really valued that. That's good. A- and um, I also know that when I was opening my, these gifts, these intuitive gifts, um, you can ask my son, Andrew, I was probably napping at least two to three times a day, plus sleeping yeah. a full night. Wow. And during that period of time of going through all of that, how important sleep was and the dreams. Mm-hmm. Because of all that brain activity. Mm-hmm. I, I can see it now with the, the two of them. Lots of, well, maybe not so much in Kelly tonight, but... Um, <laughs> but it, it's true. And, and, you know, naps are very important. I, I'm a napper and it's, it's an art. It's a skill. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very important, very important. So do we want to come back to five degrees? What's five degrees with sleeping? (laughs) But, but Joe, if, if, if we can do this just for one, one more moment. Yeah. When, like, I know when I go to bed at night, now people are going to laugh, but (laughs) when I go to bed at night, I have a queen size bed and I have a body pillow. Yes. And thanks to my chiropractor. I, I sleep pr- with proper alignment. Mm-hmm. So we can thank Greg for this mm-hmm. in teaching me that the flat pillow goes under the head and supports the head and around the shoulders properly mm-hmm. um, so that my, my, my neck is in alignment. I have a body pillow and I like to sleep um, like with the one, like the knee like slightly bent. On your side? But with the body pillow because I'm only five feet one. Uh, and my and body pillow. <laughs> my body <laughs> say body pillow one more time (laughs) it goes so that one shoulder is propped up yeah and you're lying on your side i'm lying on my side okay she's lying on her side yes with her body pillow yes (laughs) people are laughing i'm sure tuck between my knees yes so that my hips are in alignment that's right and it goes because of my height it goes all the way down to my ankles (laughs) because she's five foot one and 54 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's actually proper sleep um Should postures we, are we going to be throwing out 105 pounds shortly or oh i um i also want to add in and i'm going to say the word body pillow <laughs> BP. My, yeah my beliefs um that the, the the pillow itself allows you to to put your top shoulder an arm over top of something yeah. which keeps the upper body in alignment as well because I think a lot of people are educated about keeping the knees not mm-hmm. stacked on top of each other but to have something in between them yeah. so that there's less compression on the, the lower spine right mm-hmm. um, but what people might not be educated about is how much the upper body collapses into itself and the shoulder blades roll in mm-hmm. um, if there isn't something to hold on to so if you're not <coughs> spooning your partner uh, if you need to be spooning a pillow or your yeah. dog yeah, it it is better definitely because we sit with our chest caved in if we're sitting a lot already. Uh, yeah, so it does help that, and it's so funny. And I think we go through different stages because I've chucked my body pillow. 
in the last few years. Um, and I, I, I hardly have any pillows anymore. I'm not sure why, but I'm just going with it. So posture and whatever stage you're at injuries, I think is very important. And you know, what's the best thing is change it up. Just change it up. This is something I thought was really neat. I remember Andrew going into the doctors a couple years ago because he had uh, foot pain and he was so concerned because he's a, he's a big athlete and the doctor had asked a couple questions and couldn't quite pinpoint what was going on. And his final question was, do you sleep with your sheets tucked into the bed? Oh, and yeah. he was like, well, yeah, because yeah. in our host, that was normal. And that's what Doesn't we everybody thought making the bed look like. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, your sheets are too tight. And uh, it actually was the issue that was causing oh yeah. his feet to hurt yeah. because his feet ended up being pointed too much when he was when he was in bed. Oh yes, and it was causing strain. Interesting. He didn't have a, a proper flexibility. And totally range makes of motion. sense because it would definitely pull on your joints. So I'm just thinking about five degrees in terms of mm-hmm. the angle of his feet when he's sleeping, which I don't oh think gosh. people think about. No, um, I don't tuck in my sheets. Oh, good for you. <laughs> well, you know what, though? I think a lot of people, especially, you know, we're in northern Canada. We, in our winter times, we like to go, well, I won't say everybody, but some people like to go and tuck people in. Mm. And I know when you're 54 years old. 54. That you don't appreciate <laughs> being tucked in because when you're menopausal, you won't oh. be able to throw Karen, those. Karen, are blankets. you menopausal? Do you want no, to talk about it? I see a naturopath. I've got my <laughs> hormones under control. Um, but... You, you you don't you don't want to be tucked in, but I know a lot of people do that they um, I'll say that they binding it's it's yeah. restrictive. So um, the other point I wanted to bring up because we talk about uh, we talked about um, being side sleepers is the people who sleep on their backs mm-hmm. because and I used to do this a lot before I started getting nightmares on my back. I would cross my ankles oh, I when I went that. to sleep. Oh well. And I ended up at the chiropractor, um, really not understanding why my hips were constantly out. And I thought it was just sports. And it was because whichever ankle I was um, crossing over top started to pull out the alignment. Mm -hmm. And that was my five degrees in my hips. Yeah. Here I am thinking I'm just sloughing (laughs) and resting. (laughs) And then I must be doing it right. You you think, yeah. 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 And 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 then not realizing that just a simple uh, uncrossing of the legs freed my body. And a pillow under your knees. Yeah. So can can we keep going with that? That's good. That's interesting. So one of the ones I learned was that I started getting tendinitis symptoms in my elbow and wrist. And my massage therapist said to me, do you sleep with your hand tucked under your chin? Mm -hmm. And I did. I slept for years with my my wrist bent and my hands tucked under my chin. And she said, well, you're creating tendinitis mm-hmm. um, in your joints Awkward because posture. you're sleeping for eight hours with your wrists mm-hmm. bent. You have to. So I got wrist guards. Well, as you know, you've been you've been working Hashtag, on this is why you're single. Oh, <laughs> At 54. That's not fair. <laughs> Just kidding. This whole show we can- <laughs> the next show will be about singledom. And oh, the, ha- and the happiness, yeah, and the happiness of. Oh, anyway. Joe, we'll have to do a show hashtag why we're single, <laughs> happy and single. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, no, that's awkward posture and sleeping. Yeah. It's and it's frequency and duration. So if you don't move and you're in that posture all night, yeah, if you slept like that for ten minutes, it wouldn't hurt you. If Kelly, you slept with your your legs crossed for ten minutes, it would have been fine. But if we conked out for hours like that, yeah, awkward posture, frequency, duration, back to ergonomics. I feel like you just like, you know, pushed your glasses up towards your nose a little bit. Oh, your nose, my glasses. You're so hot. Your right nose now. is in the air. Never mind mine. I love it. 
Yeah, you know, and and it's so important, uh, not only sleeping, but how we sleep. Yeah, it's we could go on and on. Well, we could because and, and <laughs> this is our show. I love how she gets excited. Well, yeah, okay, and she's fifty four. And I stop that. <laughs> so I think about babies sleeping. I think about kids sleeping. Um, when you sleep with a person in in like mm-hmm. with, with someone in the bed most, yeah most people don't want to sleep with anybody as you get older because it's space it's movement it's uh con- you know it's snoring oh there's so many issues we can't go there tonight <laughs> yeah, but we'll go there on the single show <laughs> okay yeah sounds good yeah but it's true it's uh we don't think about it but if you can't people can just go to bed turn off the lights um and yeah sleep with, with a good posture use karen's body pillow okay can i let's <laughs> i can ask you a question when you're we're talking about going to bed at night and it's dark i like dark yeah um i i like it for all kinds of reasons of seeing, seeing the spirit world and sparkles and all that good stuff but some people want a night light some people want light in their room so oh. when you were talking about the lights of their cell phones mm-hmm. computers yeah, iPads or TVs in bedrooms, video games. Wrong. Out. Okay. There shouldn't be any screens in your wrong. room. Wrong. LED light. Yeah. <laughs> LED clocks. You know, they're talking oh. about making your bedrooms um, to accommodate good sleep. No lights. No, you know, those clocks with the LED. Yeah. Um, throw them out. Uh, no screens. No TVs. No. No light. Go to bed. Love interesting it. and and you guys you know and it's interesting because when you guys go to sleep you don't even stop working which is really more interesting um we're just talking about you know the biomechanics of sleep and the physiology but you guys go into work mode too so that's mm-hmm. really important and i don't know how you you can rebuild your tissues with some t- you don't because of what goes on mm-hmm. you know you work you you get you get your your clients coming in the day before the night before um yeah how do you regenerate do you they look really good so they must <laughs> they look great actually i'm, I'm gonna you. think that you uh you answered that question for oh, us sorry was that out loud <laughs> no that's good Karen's watching. you went like this i'm like okay i'm talking in circles here we go sorry karen did I answer that? I think you did. <laughs> just because I've talked to you guys so much and I've learned so much because I just, you know, how do you sleep? You go, no, we don't sleep, Joe. Joe, we don't sleep. <laughs> you know? So how was your night? Ah, I didn't sleep. I slept an hour. And, but you know, how do you keep doing it? Because you've totally um, discombobulated my theory <laughs> tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody knows this theory is, you know, of just subjective mind right now because we got the Sarlos here and they there that's a whole other chapter and uh so they it's amazing what you guys do because i could sit here and talk about my 10 hour sleep to you guys and you can just roll your eyes and go yeah well we saved five lives and i saw this this and this and you know kelly still hasn't slept in a week and you know i'm like oh man how do you fix that you know? Okay, Joe, can I invite you to come back for the fourth show? <laughs> and I and here's your job. We're going to take your ergonomist hat off and Please we're going Yeah, and we're going to um we're going to ask you to do the interview. Oh, 
So would you be willing to come back and interview Kelly and I about dreams and our night? Mm. Um, Like you do my eyes through your eyes and because you know us and because you come in the door for supper and you say, how are you doing? And I go, oh, Joe, haven't slept. (laughs) I had this, that and the other thing. So. Mm-hmm. Would you be willing to come back and that will be our next show with Joe? I would Joe. love to but talk w- about you'll dreams. be the interviewer the next time. I would time. love to be the interviewer. Okay. It's a date. I'll even like get questions and stuff, right? <laughs> Organized? Okay. 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 I'd love to. All right. So. Yay. I'm coming back. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you. And go ahead. Oh, I, why are you saying goodbye? I was going to. Okay. I want to throw it out there because usually we yeah. ask people to send in questions uh, to info at buysarlo.com if they've enjoyed anything or have more questions um but i think what i'd like to do is engage people to send in what five degrees has meant to them because we've done two shows at this point and i think they're getting a little bit better idea of of what five degrees can mean in their job but in their personal life as well and let us know how you've been inspired and, and what you're doing for yourself and for others with five degrees okay so that's at info um at bysarlo.com um, Kelly laughs at me every time I try to give you guys information <laughs> oh, about <yeah>. technology. Stop <laughs> talking just for one second uh, because I lack a skill here. This is what happens when you don't <laughs> sleep. No, that no. happens when you're 54 and you're Karen Zarlow. Okay. I love it. So I'm going to give it a go again. Um, you can email us at info at bysarlow.com. I know if you're listening to these podcasts that you already know about bysarlow.com and, uh, we, we look forward to hearing from you guys. So fire them off uh, and uh, let us know that you want Joe back. Um, Joe because back. we're going to have Joe on as regularly as she's willing to do this show with us. And uh, we'd like your feedback. If you guys want to ask her questions too, fire away. Great being back, girls. Thanks, Joe. Have a great sleep. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Thanks. Good night. Good night.